Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Unfortunately, you are just stuck with uh, me today. There's no Marshall. No Patrick. So it is just going to be the mad ramblings of a lunatic. And I gotta tell you folks, it's kind of a side note. I I was in a pretty good mood today. I got up early, went to the gym... A beautiful day out here. We're we're in Peoria, uh, and it's like 50 degrees in the middle of February. So things are going pretty good. But um, yeah, I live in a fraternity house, and I'm the I'm the president of Sigma Phi Epsilon down at Bradley University here. And our water machine is broken. We are living like a bunch of animals here. There is no clean water. The damn machine we have is always leaking. And the Peoria water is basically like, it smells like sewage. It's disgusting. You can't drink that raw. So you have to have the filtered stuff. We're living on rations. Like, I, I got a gallon jugs. I'm having to go to the gym and fill it up with their water. Live. Everyone's rationing this stuff. I'm on the phone with these idiots from Coligan uh, trying to get a new one fixed. It's kind of a shit show over here. So, um... I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood today. We're we're, we're recording this uh, interesting time. You caught me at a, you caught me at a good time here, folks. Anyway, let, let, let's get right into it. We have some serious uh, news I want to start with. Uh, first and foremost, th- thoughts and prayers goes out to t- uh, Tiger Woods uh, and his family. I don't know how many of you heard the news that he was involved in a single car accident yesterday. Apparently, his car was going at a very high speed, lost control. It flipped over a couple times. Uh, they had to get the jaws of life get him out of the car i believe they got him out through the windshield uh, and it, it sounded serious for a while so i was like oh no 2020 you, i thought it couldn't get uh, any worse that you know i thought we i thought we moved beyond that that would have been a bad way to start 2021 uh luckily he he's still alive he's doing well uh i suffered a bad leg injury but uh, good to hear that um He's conscious and he, he looks like he should be able to recover. But this this is sad, not only obviously because the accident. This is bad for the sport of uh, golf here. I mean, Tiger Woods helped the sport of golf so much. Like, there's only two athletes in American sports history that have had the impact of, of him. Like, I mean, there's Tiger Woods and there's Michael Jordan, and that's it. Other than that, there's there's no one on the same level as American athletes. Obviously, not including like Ronaldo and Messi, like soccer players. But he is strictly American sports. Like what he did for the game of golf. Like when he was playing on a Sunday afternoon in his prime, you're watching. He made the game cool. He intimidated people. Made it tough. He opened up because golf is a white privileged elite snobby country club sport. Uh, a whole new audience opened up. Like Dwayne Wade was talking about it. How he first picked up a set of golf clubs. Uh, like so many uh, African Americans, because he was watching Tiger Woods, yeah, you know, it's great. And I know he had the scandals and all of that. Uh, and like, I, you know, there's people in my family that can't stand him. But like, how do you not like Tiger? When he's on, you watch. It is good for the sport of golf. If you like golf, then you should root for Tiger Woods to be in the tournament because the the game is better. Like the best Masters in recent memory was when Tiger won. When Tiger's good, golf's good. And if this is the last we'll ever see him on a golf course, uh, that's disappointing because I still think, I think he, I don't know how many people watched the Tiger Woods documentary, but it looked like he was starting to find the love of golf again. And I, I still think he had a little bit left in the tank. So that, that's going to be sad if that's the last time we, we, we see him on the golf course. Um, but uh, good to hear that he's okay. Obviously, he's already had some knee problems uh, and two broken legs. That does not... Uh, does not sound fun. So wish him a speedy 
uh, recovery. In good news, though, Zach Levine is an all-star. All right, we are back. I... These, these batteries, I mean, you couldn't tell because we edited the whole thing. The, the, the batteries on this soundboard we had just went out, so then the whole headphones were shot. And it's like, you would think, the brand new batteries, just put them in last week. Like, you would think the batteries they give you in the package would last a little bit longer than a week. And apparently not. So, that, that cheap equipment over here. <laughs> anyway, what I was about to say was, Zach Levine's an all-star. Uh, th this is this is great. I am so happy because, as you know, I've been campaigning for him. The man deserves. He, he should have made the team last year, but I don't think people like realize like how good of a season he's had. So, well, let's take a moment. This is a Zach Levine appreciation segment. First off, uh, the Bulls are in a playoff position. They're in the hunt. So they're they're winning games, and Zach Levine is the reason they've gotten there. And this is a team that's missing. He he's the he's the go-to guy. He is the main focus of defensive attention every night he's on the court. And you're missing Lowry Markinen. They're missing Otto Porter Jr. So that's a huge piece off your bench. And then what you're arguably your second best player out there. So two huge injuries they've had to deal with. They had to deal with the loss of Wendell Carter, the starting center. They've been plagued by injuries. And this is what Zach's done this year, being the center of attention, with a lot of his supporting cast being in and out because they've been hurt. Uh, he's averaging 28.6 points. That is fourth in the East, seventh in the NBA. Um a career high, 10.2 field goals made per game, tied for third in the East uh, and the NBA, and uh, a career high, three and a half three pointers per game, that is tied for first in the East. He has a career high, 5.4 rebounds and a career high, 5.1 assists. So he's moving the ball well too. He's picking, choosing his spots, which is important. He's shooting 51.8% from the field. And putting up great numbers, and that's like not a bogus shooting percentage where he's camped under the basket making a bunch of layups. Like, that's a true shooting percentage because he's shooting threes. Yeah, he can attack the 10 as well. But the only one that is in the same, like, league as him, shooting percentage-wise, uh, is Kevin Durant. The only players in the NBA to average at least 28 points while shooting over 50%. And 40% from three. And 80% from the three to the line. Him and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's probably the second best player in the NBA. In the world right now. And... Zach Levine's in the same category as them. That's pretty good company. You want to hear some other good company? Zach had an incredible eight-game uh, stretch uh, right before the All-Star break. Uh, let's take a look at the, these numbers here. <laughs> in this eight-game tear this man went on. Uh, here's his games. 280 po 281 points. This is in eight games. He had 38, 30, 37, 30, 26, 46, 35, and 39. The only other Chicago Bull with that many points in an eight-game span is Michael Jordan. Elite. Elite company. And they're winning game. He's been very good. I, for a while, he was leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring, so you can't tell me he hasn't been clutch. Absolutely deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. I am so happy for him. I'm glad it was recognized. I think you could have made the case for him last year. Uh, it is what it is. Now, speaking with the, we're sticking with the all-star theme here. I heard a lot of complaining. LeBron, and I'm a LeBron guy. I mean, okay, you know what? You, I, I do like LeBron. I don't understand. Every time I disagree with him, I got to come out with this disclaimer. Like, I, I, it, was a, it was a bad tweet. He was talking about how Devin Booker is the most disrespected player in the NBA, and so is Dame Lillard. Uh, well, first, I, I, and this is not a knock on Devin Booker, but I'm, I'm assuming he was referring to, uh, to the All-Star game, unless there was some overt tampering where he was like, hey, 
you want to be respected, you can come join me in L.A., another pile-on team. But, like, if you're looking at the guys that got selected uh, to the All-Star game, like, whose spot would you have given it to? Like, Devin Booker didn't deserve to make it. There was no slight there. Is he scoring well? Yes. But he's missed some time due to injury. And his rebounds and assists, it's like, eh. Like, go through the All-Star teams, pull it up right now, and you tell me which spot he, he should have taken in, in the East, for the Eastern All-Star. Because, like, I'm going through it. There's no one on here that whose spot he deserved to take, if you're looking at his numbers. Like, Chris Paul's teammate made it. But Chris Paul's, like, 16 points a game with the assist and rebounds he's 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 averaging. Like, he's the reason that team's winning game. Chris Paul's a win. He deserved to make it. Donovan Mitchell, number one team, best record in the NBA. Uh, forefront of that. He deserved to make it. Dame Lillard, who, by this is another one that he had. The next tweet was, Dame Lillard's right there, too. Uh, disrespected players. I don't think so at all. I mean, Dame Lillard's properly respected. He's in the MVP conversation for a reason. He's sneaking up there quietly. He he made a spot. He deserved that spot. Did he, You could argue he could have gotten it over Luka, but like that doesn't make him disrespecting. Oh, you're, you're an all-star reserve. That is some petty. It's like he's he's properly respected. Like who are you who are you giving it to? Paul George having a great year. The only guy I think you could argue that shouldn't have made it is Anthony Davis. That's LeBron's teammate. So don't give me this. Oh, you just disrespect. There's no one on there. Even if you go in the other in the other conference, like all these guys have better numbers too. Jalen Brown putting up great numbers this year. Same amount. He averaging the same amount of points, 25, and he has more rebounds and assists. James Harden has been an assist god, and we all know what he can do scoring. He deserved to make it. Zach Levine, we went over his numbers. Like, who's about you can take? Even Ben Simmons. And I'm not a big Ben Simmons guy. You look at his numbers, they're pretty damn impressive too. Better than Devin Booker's. So don't give me this Devin Booker's disrespect. I actually think if you look at these two all-star teams, I think they got it right. There's no one on there where I'm like, oh, this is not right. He shouldn't have made it. Like, could you have moved Dame over Luka? Yes. Not the end of the world. Not losing any sleep over it. And then, like, if you look at all the reserves, I think they got it right. These, these are the reserves that should have gotten it. So don't give me this disrespected crap. Like, properly, Dame Lillard is properly rated. Devin Booker, I, I mean, he didn't deserve If you were referring to the All-Star game as why he's the most disrespected player in the NBA, like, he, he didn't deserve to make it this year. Having a fine season. Great player. But there's no one on here that he should have made it over. Unless you want to say Anthony Davis, but they don't play the same position, so got to have some big men on there. Sorry. That's her. They got it right. I, won't, I probably won't even be watching the game, to be completely honest with you. But... It is what it is. But congratulations, Zach Levine, for making making your first uh, All-Star game. Well-deserved from him. Well, let's see. What else, do, what else in the sports world? Kind of a slow news week. You know, I'm always coming out there being like, oh, hey, you know, uh, what I'll talk about this week, there really, there really hasn't been. I mean, if you heard last podcast, Scars Carson Wentz, I mean, that's been overblown. Oh, I'll tell you a side story. We got, I swear I'll stop. Well, we'll go podcast without talking Carson Wentz, but you know Carson's my guy. Uh, I heard this this little gem that came out this week that uh, Michael Pittman Jr. will not give up his number 11 to Carson Wentz. Real. And Michael Pittman Jr., solid play. I think he's a good weapon outside. But you're not going to give up your number to the, the, the new quarterback that's coming in that's going to get you a new contract? Like, who the hell are you, Michael Pittman Jr.? You had one touchdown last year. One. And that's how you're going to start off your relationship with the new quarterback and not going to give him the number? Like, Carson seemed like he was cool about it. Like, he was going to pick a new number anyway. But you're not going to offer to him? Like, who are you? It's not like you're some vet. Like, not giving up number 11. It's ridiculous. You do realize this is the man that's going to be responsible for your next contract. He's going to be throwing you the ball. That's your first impression you're going to make? 
Michael Pittman Jr. Like, who the hell is this guy thinking? Like, Chris Godwin with Tom Brady's coming in. Like, at least, you know, he's an established player in this league. You're Michael Pittman Jr. You are a nobody. You can't be going around with, oh, I'm not going to Nerve this man. Nerve this man. Uh, I mean, you know, it's an uh, interesting nugget. Actually, another big concern. We're going we're going all over the place here today. Uh, but like I said, slow news day. We're trying, we're trying to fill time. We're trying to make meet the meet the requirements here. And I'm kind of on my mode, so uh, owned, so cut me some slack. We're, we're just rambling to fill time. <laughs> what was it, Bray? You got COVID, uh, which I'm a little concerned about. The former AL MVP, uh, he, they was reported today he tested positive. And I hear all these fans, they're saying, like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. It was mild symptoms. They're expecting him to be back in a little week. I'm not worried. Like, I, I'm a little concerned. Because, one, you don't know how your body's going to react to it. Like, some people, it's wor- it's a lot worse than others. Like, you take Freddie, Freddie Freeman, for example. The other MVP, NL MVP, he got it before last season. So now both MVPs from 2020 have had COVID-19. But he had it before the season. And he said, and I'm, I'm quoting him, that there was times he was, like, praying for his life. He had a temperature over 104 degrees, and he's praying for his life. And he goes out that season and wins the MVP. And then you have a guy, Yoan Mankata, uh, fellow teammate of Jose Abreu, asymptomatic before the season, felt fine. And then three weeks in, he's like, uh-oh, something's different. And he was talking about how he had a lack of energy, strength, stamina throughout the season. There was a play in Cleveland where he's rounding third base, was winded after running the bases. Like the manager, Rick Renteria, is like fanning him with a towel as he's wheezing to catch his breath. And like he said he had to do everything in his power to like not collapse. So you can't be like, oh, he's going to be fine. Like you don't know how his body's going to react. Like we had an outbreak here at our house early in the semester. And some for some guys, a lot worse than others. Like when I had it, it took me a while to get over it. Not fun. Tried doing some cardio for like two weeks after, and like it felt, felt different. Not not a fun time. So like asymptomatic or not, fingers crossed is okay. I mean he's healthy. It sounds like he's doing fine, uh, but you don't know that for sure. So I am a little bit concerned. But it is a big opportunity for Andrew Vaughn, the rookie, to step up uh, there, and we'll see we'll see what he does. Uh, but like we we can get into the White Sox more later. I know it's, <laughs> it's more of a niche audience there. Uh, you know, this is another sport I don't get the chance to talk about much. And I, I'm a big I'm a big hockey guy. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. How about them Hawks, man? We I watched them last night. They just beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in a shootout. Uh, good Patrick Kane and this Hawks team. Jeremy Colton. I'm gonna give first. We'll give some we'll give some props a lot. Jeremy Colton. I had my doubts. I was mad when they fired Joe Quenville as the coach. I was like, "This is gonna be this is gonna be a disaster." And then the results from last year showed it. When they had a fully healthy team, it was like, "Yeah, I don't know if this is the guy." I it, it's not inspiring a ton of confidence here. But I mean, they've righted the ship. Stan Bowman is a boob in the front office. He tore it down when we he still had Patrick Kane in our prime and Jonathan Taves, and there's still some pieces and some good young pieces. Kirby Doc, Alex DeBrinket, uh, Kuba League. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to go do a full-scale rebuild. And they get rid of Crawford. They start tearing it down. They play it cheap. It's like, oh, God. So that's not a good sign. Then you have Jonathan Taves, the captain. He goes down before the season. Don't know what Unfortunately, He's not playing. He's out. That's concerning. So now your, your captain's out. You're in a rebuild. One of your few guns, he's out. Kirby Doc, one of the promising young pieces, drafted him in the first round. He was looking promising. He's going to the World Juniors. He was the name the captain for Team Canada. I'm like, all right, this, this is going to be good. This is going to be some good experience. He breaks his hand. He's out. It's like, ah, crap. You don't have a goalie. Your goalie is Malcolm Subban, who is like an eight-something save percentage. He sucks. Not a good goaltender. Uh, and then the other 
Colin Delia get no goaltending, and the first couple games were ugly. Like you look at the game against Tampa Bay, it was like five nothing. It's like eesh. I don't, I don't like that. They have right of the ship. They've turned this thing around. They are a fun hockey team to watch. Dare I say this is a good team? This is, a, this is they're in a playoff spot right now. So good for him, Colin, for turning around. And then second, I give him props to uh, Laurie Lankinen. I think I'm saying his name right. The, the new goaltender we got from Finland. They just turn out goalies over there in Finland. I don't know what it is. What's in the water over there? Clearly not the Peoria sewage water because <laughs> they, they turn out good goaltender after good goaltender. This guy's been phenomenal for us. And he's played the bulk of the games, almost all the games, because we don't have another goalie. Uh, he was phenomenal in the month of January. Uh, kept up for most of February here. I mean, he gave up five goals last night, but he's kept him in it. And he's played the majority of the games. He's played like eight games in a row. And like you know, for a goalie, that's taxing. Like you got to work other guys in there for a while. So I'm a little concerned. But he he's held his own. He's been great. Jeremy Carlton, him get a ton of credit. And finally, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane has a legit chance. Uh, you, you can make a case that he could be an MVP candidate this year. He he should be. The man's been that good. He had four points last night. One goal, three assists. He's keeping this team in it with very little what they have to work with. And he's not a good defensive team. Keith's showing his age. Uh, Patrick Kane. I mean, this man. He's been. He's been phenomenal this year. He, he's been great. Just a point-producing machine. Uh, their power play looks really good. So good for these Chicago Blackhawks. Turning it around. Uh, I like it. Now, mind you, we've had a fairly... We've had a favorable schedule. We're still going to have to play uh, the Lightning a couple more times. So that helps. I mean, is, it a, is this a contending team? No, but if they make the playoffs, like that is, uh, that's grounds for celebration in Chicago. Uh, this rebuild... With what they're trying to do to sabotage this team, and then the mix in the injuries and who they're missing, good, good for the Blackhawks. Good for that. JJ Watt still looking for a team. Not surprising. I've heard the market's been fairly quiet on him. Von Miller's also looking for a team. That's the, see, that's the guy I'd go after. I'd go after Von Miller before I went after JJ Watt. I think Von Miller at this point in his career is better. I think he's better at this point in his career than JJ Watt. JJ Watt's over the hill. Uh, I, I would, I would go after him first. Uh, Big Ben wants to come back. He's washed. One, well, like, you know what? Last thing, we'll end. We'll end on this. I am so sick and tired of every time I got to turn on Fox Sports or ESPN. They're talking about Dak's damn contract situation. Enough of Dak Prescott and his contract. That is all they spent their time talking over during the summer. Like Jesus, come on, people! You, you tell me there's no other news than Dak Prescott's contract situation. There's, there's got to be more than that. It's a little hypocritical for me saying that because I just killed a minute looking for news to talk about on here. But, like, we can find something better than Dak Prescott's contract. Enough about it. I do not want to hear another word about Dak Prescott in his damn contract. Ooh, Kuiper, 21 uh, QBs. They're going early. Bears going to have to trade up. I saw a thing that they wanted that there's someone... I don't know who this writer was. They're like, oh, Mac Jones could be, is he a fit for the Bears? It's like, no, I'm telling you right now, he's definitely not a fit for the Bears. The man was stack, had stacked talent at Alabama, and he's going to come into a dump. He's not, not a good fit for the Bears. I wouldn't even think about it. I, if I'm the Bears right now, I'm trying to trade for Derek Carr. I heard Russell Wilson's unhappy in Seattle. I'd give up, I'd give up three draft. I heard the minimum price, asking price is three first round draft picks. I'd do that for Russell Wilson. That's worth it. Um, but, you know, Derek Carr would be a good pick, too. I don't know why. the If I'm the Raiders, I don't know why I'm getting rid of Derek Carr. I thought he was one of the few bright spots on that team last year. Like their winning became games because of him, not not in spite of him. He kept him in that Kansas City game. Like Derek Carr is a good quarterback. The man gets disrespected a little bit. He's better than people give him credit for uh, over there. 
Uh, Coaches Association critical of Wolves process. Oh, what's this? What's this? Breaking news in the podcast. Let's pull this thing up. Uh, Let's continue this riveting raid. This is why you can't have one person show. It is very difficult. You need a side hook. Like even the herd, he's got someone on there with him to make conversation. Throw a segment or two. Low budget we're working with here. But we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys this time. Well, this lows. We'll do a couple ad reads here. Uh, first off, uh, Fubo TV. If you don't have Fubo TV, you should really get it. It's got over 100 channels. You get a free 14-day trial, too. If you click the link in this, uh, in our bio on Twitter, you go at Dormer Dispute. You will see a link there. You click that link. It's going to just take you to a link tree. One of those will say Fubo TV. You click that. You can get a free 14-day trial. And that will help support the Unhinged Sports Network, which we are on, which is... Uh, Great network. A lot of new shows coming. We have, we've been added to the new baseball show that is coming out, so you'll get to hear us uh, as well uh, as the High Low Sports Podcast and uh, Far End of the Bench will be on there as well. So the three of us are combining to the baseball podcast, so that should be good. Be on the lookout for that. But, yeah, you go, you, you, you do your free trial of Fubo TV. You get it. You're going to be supporting that. that uh, you'll be giving us funding. So this won't be such a low-budget operation anymore where the batteries are dying uh, mid-show. <laughs> we have to change them, edit it out. I guess I didn't really thank you guys with the power of editing. But, uh, yeah, there you go. And finally, uh, last advertisement here. Uh, you know, you wanna you, you wanna get a new jersey or something. I just got a new Kobe White jersey. It's uh, it's quite nice. But I tell you, the process to get it was a disaster. I got it from the Madhouse Team Store. It was it was a long process where we ordered the two. I got uh, Kobe White. My brother got uh, the rookie. They just got Patrick Williams. They came and the sizes were all messed up. We put in the right size. The email we had sent, the receipt they gave us, had had all the right information. Somehow they messed up the order. They got sent in wrong. It took them like four weeks to send it. We had to send it back, get another one. It was a disaster. So if you want to avoid that, you just go to Fanatics. They'll get your order right the first time. And you can also help out the podcast. You click the link in our description once again, at Dorman Dispute on Twitter. You'll be taking you the link tree. Uh, you click, if you click that link, one of them will say Fanatics. Click on there. You shop like usual. You buy your stuff, and uh, you'll be kicking a, a portion of that money uh, to the Unhinged Sports Network and as in helping support us. Uh, we, we appreciate it. We very much appreciate it. That is all we have for you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this very mediocre edition of the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week.